Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, August 2nd, 2019, and we are into a new trading month. You've very likely been watching the market, and you know, I have a feeling that August is going to be a pretty tough month for us, everybody. So just strap in and be ready for a wild ride. Obviously, there's a lot of variables at play, but I'll try to help you with unbiased opinions and facts and do what I can, but I think we're going to be in for some volatility in August, some down volatility, down. And that's fine. That's what we're here for. That's, you know, it's not always going to be up. It's just not. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today, and I hope you will also call me with your investing questions. When and if you make time to call, that is when you take charge of the show. You decide where we're going to go. I just insist that we go in the direction of anything financial. That's what I want to do. I want to help everybody with their financial freedom. That's going to be the goal for everybody. It's always the goal, financial freedom. So get ready to give me a call and ask your questions. Today, um, we're going to, uh, uh, today, you know, we had some pretty, I'm just looking at the market and trying to figure out what's happening. I have some pretty interesting facts about the Treasury yield. We'll talk about that in a minute. I think that's telling us something. I think we need to be paying attention. So give me a call. Ask any financial questions, 888-99-CHARP. And if you live anywhere near New York area, well, I can work with you in there. I'll be there in September. Want to be there in September? We can take a look at your portfolio, take a look at what you're doing, see if I can be any help. Uh, Maybe, and if I can be, you know, if you want me to consider managing your funds, I'd be happy to do that, of course. But don't have to. I'm, I'm, I'd be happy to talk to anybody. I don't, you know, I'll just help you move to the, to the goal we all set for ourselves, and that's financial freedom. Okay, so. Just bear that in mind. I'll be there in Manhattan on September 19th and 20th. And, of course, I'm taking appointments. So, you'd go to investtalk.com, send me an email, hold your spot. My main talking point today concerns uh, an analyst's claim that after the Fed rate cut, this group outperforms the rest of the market. What group is he talking about? What sector is he talking about? Fed just cut rates for the first time this week. We know half a, a quarter point, quarter point. That's the first time in a decade, by the way. And the particular sector this guy is referring to has been a surprising winner the couple of months after that, after Fed began its first cut. So we'll take a look at that. I've got other things, of course. I'm going to talk about August being a tough month and why, why I think that. I want to, I, I, I have some very pointed things to say why I think August is going to be difficult. I want to talk about the Capital One hack. And what do you think 
crooks do with that information? What's the, I have some, you know, we all know what they try to do, right? But I got some interesting, <laughs> quirky, crazy things they try to do I want to warn you about. As consumers are, are up, upbeat, happy, and everything else, uh, but do you know what that means for the market? What kind of signal is that for the market? So those are the things we're going to talk about. Well, the market was down again today. Third day in a row, the Dow was down 107. And, no, the NASDAQ down was 107. The Dow was down 98. And the S&P down 22. So the NASDAQ led out the way down. And it's surprising that the Dow recovered because it was down 200, 250 points at one point today. So we've had three pretty significant down days in a row. And just right after the Fed cut the rates. Why would the market go down after the Fed cut the rates? Because remember, the Fed reducing interest rates usually is a positive for the economy because they're trying to put money into it. They're trying to get the banks to borrow money cheaper. Then the banks borrow money cheaper. They want you to borrow money cheaper, and they'll, do, they'll lower the rates. Like, look at the mortgage rates. Down to, what, three and a half? So, it's trying to spur the economy. That's what lowering rates, the interest rates by the Fed, is supposed to do. But it's having a less and less impact over the last 20, 30 years. But the question is, why would the market go down? If they're trying to spur, spur the economy, that means the income for corporations should go up. That means the value of the stock should go up. That's the thinking. And it's not. It fell instead. Why is that? Well, pretty simple to me. Maybe it's not so simple to you, but we'll talk about that. I'll get to it. But first, let's go ahead and take uh, let's take our, uh, our, call, our call. Frank from Cleveland called. How you doing, Frank? Hey, I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for the call. Thank you. So... I was just wondering, with all the bearish signs in the market, from tariffs in China to the reaction to the Fed rate cut, and then this past yesterday, the VIX jumping from 14 to 17, uh, I was wondering your perspective mm -hmm. on potentially shorting the S&P 500, an ETF, or the Russell 2000, and uh, potentially, you know, as a hedge to uh, stocks that I might currently own and might have some down reaction. Okay. And one of my programs called the Dynamic Growth, I actually short both those. So I'm using an ETF to short those. Shorting everybody means we think it's going to go down. And if you have a short position that goes down, the index that you're shorting goes down, that that ETF will go up in the exact opposite way. And it's a very good thing, a good way to hedge your portfolio. In other words, maybe you don't want to sell all your stocks to protect yourself. And you shouldn't. You should never sell all your stock. But maybe you want to protect yourself against the downside a little bit. Well, then you can short a portion of your portfolio, you know, 10%, 15%, 20%, whatever you feel comfortable with. And then that way, you know, that portion of your portfolio will go up if the market goes down. So even if your stocks go down, your overall portfolio is hedged. And that's what Frank is considering doing. So, Frank, I think it's a good idea. Or else I wouldn't be doing it in one of my programs. My other programs are not designed to short, but that one is. And I am shorting. Actually, I have more than those that you just listed. But um, I think it's a good strategy, especially when the market's 
the way it is right now. Okay? Now, I'll say this, Frank. Uh, long-term shorting is not something you, is not an investment. It's just a short-term uh, or a way to hedge. Okay, generally you do not make much money shorting because the market has an upward bias on the long term, not a downward bias, upward. Thanks for the call, though. Good question. The KPP Premium Newsletter was distributed today to subscribers this morning and clients, and we are going to talk about some of it. My main talking points coming up during this program. Tell your friends. They may want to know about this. But for now, I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Welcome to another Friday. The weekend is almost here, and we've seen plenty of market volatility. So, serious investors will need all the unbiased guidance they can get. You're in luck. Steve Peasley is here now, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's take a quick look at some of the benchmark numbers today. Gold was up pretty significantly at $1,455 today, $1,455 an ounce. Bitcoin, which, you know, it's Bitcoin, 10578 Ten-year treasury yield got to 1.85. Do you remember what I said yesterday about the two-year treasury? You know what the two-year treasury was today? one84 the 10-year Treasury is yielding 1.85, the two-year 1.84. If they invert, very possible recession. I mean, every time it has in history, it has been a recession. Now, I, the reason why I, I hedge even a little bit, even though I'm not hedging a little bit, even though I am, uh, because just because it's done it every time in history doesn't mean it will do it this time. See, there's always that exception that they couldn't make. Ex- exception, exception. But, I think that's a pretty significant uh, uh, red flag being waved. The jobs report came out today. 164,000 jobs were created in July. The unemployment rate remained unchanged at a 50-year low of 3.75%. I think we're getting spoiled. That is very, very low. And everybody goes, ho-hum. Oh, well, yeah, 3.75%. Yeah, we know it's good. Uh Uh-huh, so... I think we are. I think we're getting jaundiced to all these good economic numbers that we've had. And yeah, there's cracks in the economy, especially the factory sector. But yeah, it's pretty good. GDP growth for the second quarter increased at an annualized rate of 2%. Now, that's not the greatest, but that's pretty good. The overall savings rate, 8.1%. At the same time, consumers are spending. Retail sales have increased. I think it was up four-tenths of a percent this week, for last month, reported this week. So, we're not experiencing a debt-driven sales cycle. In other words, the consumer is saving money and spending money. Hmm. It's because we have a very good job market. Interesting facts. That's why I'm just a little bit hesitant about a recession, you know, anytime soon. I think we're going to get one. I just don't know when. The Wednesday, the Fed cut the rate, right? We all know that. But some consumers that do carry high debt will probably be helped, but not everybody. 
The losers will be folks with online savings accounts because you're going to get less money. Any money sitting in cash is going to earn even less. And it wasn't earning very much before. Now it's going to earn less. Just sitting in cash, even though our inflation is very low, you are losing power, buying power to inflation. In other words, your money is getting worth less and less and less because it's falling behind the buying power due to inflation, even though it's very low. So things you could buy today with the same amount of money next year, you're going to be buying less. You're not keeping up with inflation, just sitting in cash. And there's other alternatives that can earn you better returns. You need to take advantage of them. And not with a lot more risk or, you know, there's things that are very, very low risk that you can earn at least inflation rate. Anyways, Japan has had essentially negative interest rates for 20 years, and it really hasn't helped their economy. Germany and Europe have negative interest rates. The European Central Bank keeps printing money, not helping them very much. Obviously, Europe needs to make some reforms, everybody. So does Japan. Meanwhile, we all live in what is now a globally interconnected economy. But, you know, these countries and these sectors of the world, they're not really helping themselves. Negative rates is not a good thing. It does not boost economies. There's a point where it's the, the return on lower and lower and lower interest rates is, is negative for the economy. And uh, you've seen it. You know, we don't have to be geniuses. Just look at China, Japan for all these years. Look at Europe. How come they're doing so poor? They've had negative rates for years now. And how come they're still not? How come they're still falling into another recession? See, it, negative rates does not help. Does not. It's supposed to lower the interest rate, spark the economy. But there's a point where it's too low. It's unnaturally low, and it starts to drag. Apple gets about 18% of its revenues from China, and of course, you know we have that China battle going on. So that's a problem. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and if you've been listening to Invest Talk for a while, you have heard me say that I believe every investor should determine their individual risk tolerance. You need to know how much risk you can handle before you start to panic, before you start to react to fear and greed. You got to be more tolerant. So don't take too much risk. And you can figure out your risk tolerance by going to our little tool on investtalk.com called Riskalyze. So go take the little test. It's a short little questions, few questions. But now I'm ready to take your questions, any questions, financial, 888-99-CHART. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now. Ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. Thank you for joining me. My main talking point today concerns this story. After the Fed rate cut, one sector could be, could be the surprising winner. So what does that mean? What sector are they talking about? Well, the quick answer is the financial sector. Uh, the financial sector, uh, let's see, has increased an average of 1% in the three months following a rate cut, a first rate cut. That's more than double the S&P 500. Now, that's only 1%, right? 
but that's more than double the S&P 500 average. So that's half a percent. So the, the, in reality, that's not a lot, right? That's not a lot. But if you're looking for a place that might do better than the rest of the market, you look for you go into financial sector. Now read carefully. This is what I, I, I teach my nieces and nephews. You need to read critically. It says the sector has increased an average of one percent in the three months following a cut, more than double the gain on the S and P five hundred. Now that course uh, tends to buck conventional wisdom that lower rates squeezes bank profit margins putting pressures on the stocks. So read carefully. Some of the things I, I, I talk about is that, you know, when, when you read articles, you have to see if there's a, a point of view that they're trying to support rather than just giving you the facts. In other words, you're looking for biases. So as I read this article, I'm looking for biases. So what do you mean? You know, does that mean the actual one of the biases I read a lot in financial news is they talk about relative performance, not outright performance, but relative performance. So when I read this article, I said, "Are you saying that the uh, that the financial sector beats the S and P 500 by an average of one percent in the last three months, relatively speaking?" If you hear that word relative, relative performance, your ears should pick up because the performance could actually be down 5%, but the relative performance of, if it's relative to the S&P, maybe it's down 6%. You still lost money. Now, did you listen to me when I read this to you? It's not relative performance. It's not. But what I'm pointing out is, Many times these articles do say relative performance when they're comparing one number or sector against another number or sector and talking about performance. So be, be read critically, please. That could go for all your life and everything, but be critical about it. Make sure you're understanding what they are saying. Don't just blindly assume, oh, okay, that means we're up that much. Not necessarily. Mm-mm. Okay? So, Please do that. Okay. It's a pretty fast-moving Friday, so let's keep the momentum going with another caller question. It occurs a jobs report and the market, and it came in early at 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is John from Idaho. Uh, love the show. Had a question about the jobs reports, just with the July job reports coming up. I just wanted to know how this affects the markets. Uh, I feel like that the when the June jobs reports came out, the unemployment rate fell, which I assume would be a good thing, but then it looked like that the markets came down for the day. So just wanted to see how that affects the markets and how that ties in. Uh, thanks for the show. Yeah, it is, can be very confusing. These economic numbers that come out and they look good, they look bad, and the market goes up or down, and you're saying, what the heck? You know, It, it can be very, very confusing. And if I can give you a hint as to how to read numbers is that they don't the actual number that comes out doesn't necessarily affect the market unless it's a surprise okay surprises will affect the market one way or another you know like a jobs report if the jobs report you know was 165,000 this today when it was reported for last month's job and it was instead of 165 which was almost exactly what was expected 
If it was 25000 the market would have fell a lot harder. If it was 250000 likely the market wouldn't have fell at all. See, it's the surprises that you really want to look for. If it was expected, whatever the numbers are, they're in line with the experts' expectations, they usually do not affect the stock market. What is more important to watch is the Federal, rate, Federal Reserve, when it talks about what it's going to do. And when the corporations release their earnings, they talk about what their future prospects are for the coming quarter. Those are more important and more market-moving kind of things, okay? And generally speaking, when the Federal Reserve starts to lower interest rates, they are worried about the economy. Now, this day and age, they're more worried about the world economy because we're tied together much more so than we were 25, 30 years ago, we're meaning the world economy in the U.S., so I think the Fed lowered the rate here more in line because of what's going on in the rest of the world, not what's going on in the United States. Before, when, many years ago, when I was first starting, I went, the Fed only cared about the U.S., so it was, better, it was a better signal of what's going on in the economy and the, uh, and the stock market. Now it's not so clear-cut. It, of course, getting difficult, right? It always gets difficult. On Monday's Invest Talk, this story, what are the long-term winners as a China-led slowdown slams industrials? With market volatility, we see gold price at around $1,450 now. So as we go to break, my market, my market trivia question for today is this. For perspective, what was the price of gold in 1834 and what is the highest price ever reached for gold? I'll answer next, 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call InvestTalk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? Y-Charts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YChart has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bluebird Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious. Get Y charts. This is Invest Talk. The markets have certainly been interesting, but the threat of damaging volatility is ever present. So now, more than ever, 
you need unbiased investing guidance. Steve is here now taking your questions live. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So here's the answer, everybody. The question was, before the break, right? What what was the price of gold in 1834? And what has been its highest price ever reached for gold? Okay. Gold today is priced at $1,440 an ounce, as we said. But in 1834, gold was $20.67 per ounce. And when did it hit the highest price ever? 2011. $1,917 $1,917 per ounce. So we're still 500 bucks away from that. How about a little gold history, though? Kind of interesting, I think. Over the centuries, the price of gold has remained very, very stable. The official U.S. government gold price has changed only four times since 1792 to the present. That's the official gold price, not the market price. So who originally set the price of gold? Sir Isaac Newton of England, way back in 1717. Yes, the same Isaac Newton, the legendary English mathematician, physician, physicist, astronomer, theologian, 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 and the author. The man who invented the scientific concept of gravity. That's who, uh, Sir Isaac Newton. So why was he, why did he set the gold price? What the heck? Who told, what made him that, gave him that power? Well, the English government gave that power since he was the master of the United Kingdom Mint. He was in charge. Did you know that he was in charge of the Mint? <laughs> Isn't that interesting? I thought it was interesting. Okay. Enough of what I think is interesting. Let's talk to Ray in San Francisco. Let's see what he thinks is interesting. How are you doing, Ray? Hi. Um, I was looking at commodity chart and uh, looking at soybean and wheat. I've seen it last six, seven years. It's been going down, down, down. Is that the time to pick up some or what? I think it might be a bit early yet. Uh, why would commodities okay. be go down? Because the world economy is sl- slowing down. So, I think you want to wait till the you know, if if we go into a recession, uh, in the middle of the recession, that would be the time to start looking at it and think about buying it. Because coming out of the recession is when the the commodities market does the best. Not while we're going okay. into a recession or our economy slowing. So I would just keep an eye on it. I got you. Don't buy it yet. Okay, Ray. All right. Appreciate the call. Appreciate the call. See, that's the kind of thinking you need, people. What industries work best and what part of the economic cycle? And Ray is thinking about that. Is it time now? He's been watching commodities. The commodity's been been going down. Notice what commodity is not going down? Gold. Now, the dollar has rallied. Usually when the dollar rallies, gold goes down. We have no inflation. Usually gold goes up when there is inflation. We don't have any. So what's driving gold up? There's only three things that move gold. The dollar, the movement of the dollar, the amount of inflation or the lack of inflation, or fear. Fear is the thing that's driving gold up. There's lots of fear out there still. Fear about the stock market, probably. But remember, you're looking at the United States. You need to broaden your perspective because gold goes up on fear around the world, not just us anymore. 
So there's a lot of fear around the world because economies aren't doing very well. That's why gold is moving up. Anyways, 888-99-CHARGE is my number. I'd love to talk to you. August is going to be a tough month, everybody. I have three reasons why I think that is going to happen. First, well, I have four, actually. First, August is the worst month of the year for the last 10 years. August has been the worst month of the year for the last 10 years. So, it probably will be again. Well, but I have other three other reasons. Earnings reports are going to be fading. They're not going to affect the market anymore, and we've had some pretty good earnings reports. This earnings season has been pretty decent. Number two, the Federal Reserve already lowered rates, so they're not going to have anything else to do with the market in August. They're, you know, they're out of the picture now. So, And number three, China. We Trump is increasing tariffs again on China. That's not All those are negative for the market, right? So you, you need a positive catalyst for the drive the stock market up. And name me a positive catalyst for the month of August. I don't see one. Do you? If you do, I want to know what it is. I'll be happy to explore that. I'm curious what you think might drive it up. Now, of course, there could be a black swan event. Black swan event. You know what that means. Black swan in uh, in the parlance of the investment world means an unforeseen event. Okay? Um, people use that outside the parlance of the investment world too. But, you know, in the investment world, it's an unforeseen event. It could be anything that would affect the market. It could be... Um, a, a war breaking out in the Middle East somewhere. Something to do, a war breaking out with North Korea and South Korea. Uh, Russia invading one of the countries that's around it. Uh, I'm just pointing out things that could, those are all political. It doesn't have to be political. What if it's a, another earthquake and like the Fukushima uh, uh, nuclear power plant in Japan that got in that earthquake that caused that tidal wave and destroyed it? What if another one happened somewhere else in the world and, you know, some natural disaster of some kind, big natural disaster, it has to be big. So that's a, that's a black swan event, everybody. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I hope you're making the right choices with the money in your 401k, your 457, or whatever retirement program you have. And candidly speaking, unless you have a lot of time to study fundamentals and trends and economy and all the things that we talk about, it's pretty difficult to know when to make any moves in your 401k. So that's why I suggest basically for everybody, just keep investing in your 401k. If you don't know what to do, don't try to get in and out. Don't try to make fancy moves. Just keep putting money in the market, especially if you have a long time horizon. But if you don't and you need help and you want help, we have what's called an active 401k program at KPP Financial. We monitor, advise, and make suggestions to what you should do in your 401k based on your personal risk tolerance and what what choices you have in your personal 401k. Active401k at investtalk.com. Take a look at it. And now I'm taking your questions live. Call 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. Invest Talk listeners and KPP clients alike are invited to take advantage of the many products and services of KPP Financial. For example, the Invest Talk radio program and its podcast replays, the new online training experience, Invest Talk Academy, 
and the KPP Premium Newsletter distributed to subscribers each Friday. Learn more anytime at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open now and you can call with your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. Okay, the KPP, KPP Premium Newsletter one was distributed this morning to subscribers. And of course, every week I put as much information in there that I think is crucial for you to know, but I also keep it compact. The main first section is called the market conditions section, and I explained there were many developments this week. Corporate earnings, economic reports released, and the Federal Reserve meeting that lowered interest rates. And all of that came out this week, and most of the earnings reports were pretty strong. The economic reports were pretty stable, and the Fed lowered the rates. So why did the market fall for the last three days of this week? Well, and there's an answer. There is an answer to that. Because all that was expected. And the market, people have been very enthusiastic about the market for a long time here, a month, several months. Everybody's all excited. Everybody's all happy. The consumers are confident. The consumers are so confident, it's a contrarian signal. When they get that confident, and that the market's going to head down. It's simple. Overconfidence in the stock market. Now, the only trick is we never know when that's going to happen exactly. You can identify overconfidence, but it could be, you know, could stay a long time. So, it's, that's that's what happens. I, if it was simple, if it was easy to read the market, understand what's going on, everybody would be doing it, right? It's not that easy. It's just not. Okay, so that, that was the first section. The portfolio management section, there's four sections in my premium newsletter. Uh, the, the main section, the portfolio management section, a couple stock ideas, and the consumer watch. Well, in this one, in the portfolio management section, when buying a stock, investors should primarily focus on the fundamentals of the particular company you're at targeting, the fundamentals of the company, earnings, sales, profits, that kind of thing. Not tra- not 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 to chart, not you know, not what's happening in the world. No, focus on the company. Focus. You're trying to wring out your emotions out of this. Is this a good company or is it not? Based on their fundamentals. Stock ideas. I had a big fashion retailer. It's had 140 department stores, and they focus. They have really big shoes. A lot of everybody, everybody likes buying their shoes. You can guess which that one is, probably. Um, also, I took a look at you know a manufacturer of a company that does installs and services uh, air conditioning unit systems, big building management systems, and control systems, industrial refrigeration systems. I talked about that particular company. So those were, oh, I didn't give the consumer uh, consumer watch up. Okay, robocalls. So I talk about those very annoying robocalls on the consumer watch section. Did you know last year there's 48 billion of them? 146 calls per every man, woman, and child in the United States. And the number is going up, up. And last year, 48 billion, that was an increase of 57% from the year before. It's going to get worse. So I had some ideas on how to try to reduce it and what to do about it. Okay. That was the newsletter. Let's talk to Ed and San Bernardino or San Bruno. How you doing, Ed? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? 
I'm good. Thank you for calling. I appreciate it. Yeah, I had two stocks. One's called DOW. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's the. Uh, yeah. Are you? Are do you own it or do you want to buy it? Mm. Pardon me. Go ahead. Okay, you're you're breaking up pretty good. D O W, everybody. Dow Inc. Manufacturers. Portfolio Specialty Chemicals, Advanced Materials, and Agro-Scientists. It's a $34 billion company, the chemical plastics type industry. Um, they're going to make $4.46 next year after $3.52 this year. Even though sales are going down, down sales were down 14% in the June quarter. It's a fairly, this is a fairly new offering, D-O-W. Um, it's interesting. Uh, so, don't think it's been out for all that long. D O W. Make sure I'm picking up the right one. Yeah. Um, and uh, I would I would say at this point, I would probably stay away from it, even though it looks pretty low priced. But it's very sensitive to the economic cycle, and we're in the the part of the economic cycle that these kinds of companies usually don't do well and you can see the chart of this thing and it's not doing well so even though it's low priced compared to its fundamentals the fundamentals are starting to break down a bit and so i would probably avoid it at this time ed not yet you can keep it on your watch list because there's nothing wrong with the company but not yet i, I just don't think it's the time to do it yet thank you for the call we have another voicemail call of uh, someone leaving a question on our 24-hour listener line number. So let's hear. Let's see what the question is. Hey, guys. Ben here from New York. I uh, love the podcast. I'm calling in with an insurance question, and I know that you guys are not an insurance show, but I've heard Steve mention that uh, in his previous life he was an insurance uh, broker or salesperson, so he's pretty experienced. So basic question hit me today. My mother, who is uh, 73 and is single, alone, uh, does have a mortgage, lives in her own home, should she have life insurance? It occurred to me that she has no dependables. Uh, her sons, I am one of them, we're all grown-ups with our own families and everything. So she has nobody that's a dependent on her. Should she have life insurance? Uh, if she does, should I tell her to save her money and get rid of it? Okay, thanks, guys. Great podcast. Bye. Well, well, for me, it's a very simple answer, and the answer is no. You do not need life insurance if you have no need for it. What is the need? You have children that needs to be taken care of. You died young. You have a wife who can't afford a mortgage, and if something happens to you, or a husband, for that matter, the wife might be the bread, biggest breadwinner, or you have a dual income, which is very common, and you can't live without one of the incomes. That Those are reasons to have life insurance. If you're older and you have... You know, you have no dependents. You have no, you know, you're you're single. You know, if you if she passes away, what does she care if there's still a mortgage on the house? She's passed away. The house goes to you guys, the younger generation. They go sell it and they pocket the money, the difference. There's no need for her insurance. Have insurance. She doesn't need it. She's just wasting her money. She's making the insurance company wealthy. Now, you talk to an insurance agent. He's not going to tell you that. 
And I did work with the insurance industry in New York City for nine years. Actually, only like three of those years in New York City. The rest of those years were in Princeton, New Jersey. But I worked in insurance. That was my first official job. My first nine, eight, nine years of career was in the insurance business. Right on uh, 150 William Street, right downtown near Wall Street. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have a one goal here, just one. And that's for everybody to help you and everybody to achieve financial freedom. That's our goal. And, of course, our work will continue after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, look for long-term winners as a China slowdown slams industrials. That story, Monday. But now, Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Oh, 888-99-CHART. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I was uh, reading something. About... <laughs> Anyways, sorry. John, Santa Cruz. How you doing, John? Taking my call. Uh, You're I welcome. noticed that LYB shares went down today quite a bit. I'm wondering if it might be a buying opportunity. Not yet. It's in the same industry as the previous caller with Dow, D-O-W. Uh, it's in the uh-huh. chemicals basic Netherlands-based manufacturer of uh, it's called Lionsdale Basil Industries, uh, and it manufactures polypropylene compounds, and you know, in that industry, and those very cyclical industry, and that's why you're seeing a turn downturn because we're late in the economic cycle, uh, you know, and this this has been falling for some time, so I would not do it yet. Um, I mean, it's a good solid company, has great numbers, it's very low price. Um, I mean, we're looking at. Uh, we're looking at a 4P of, what, 7? But you notice the sales have been falling for the last two, three quarters. Um, and so it's not yet. I, you really want to pick up these kind of companies, as I said before, in a in the heart of a recession, the depth of a recession. Not yet. Too early. John, thanks for the call. Appreciate right. it. Let's talk to Hank in San Jose. Hank, how you doing? I'm good. Uh, how are you? I am good. Thank you for the call. Yes, uh, I, I would like to uh, ask you the question, uh, how do you think about the ETF FBIOX? Okay, that's the Fidelity Select Biotechnology uh, Sector ETF or mutual fund. Uh, yeah, it's X, ends with X, so it's a mutual fund. And so the question, now biotech is not subject to the economic cycle, medical devices, medical industry, you need that. That you know, if the economy slows down, that doesn't affect them hardly at all, right? So, uh, this is a sector that you can buy when you think it's inexpensive. Do I think it's inexpensive? Do I think it's at a good buy point? Well, it was at sixteen dollars when the market fell ten percent last the end of last year. It went down to a little bit below sixteen dollars, and now it's at nineteen seventy one. It's been trading kind of sideways for months now. I, I think I would wait for another spike downward before I pick it up. 
And I would pick it up, Hank. I think you could pick this up in a spike downward. I just don't. I just think August is going to be a tough month. So I think sometime in August you might get a nice, a little spike downward in the biotechs, and then that might be a good buying opportunity then. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Hank. That symbol is F B I O X. Everybody, F B I O X. Okay. Barry signal that's been pretty durable, pretty accurate. July's consumer confidence report, confident put out by the confidence board, hit 135.7 from 124 in June. So it spiked up. Doesn't that seem like good news? No. High in the high, higher consumer number this high. Okay, is 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 bearish, bearish for stocks, not bullish. Last time it was high, this high was 2000 2000 and that remember that was the height of the dot com 2000 that was 19 years ago now so this is a bearish signal being at 135 bearish that's very high consumer confidence number up from 124 in june so that's why one of the reasons why i think we'll have a tough august too many people are too confident. Too many people want to get in the market. Too many people are want to, want to buy stocks. Too many people are already in the market with almost all their money. So that's bearish because everybody's so happy. I know it sounds wrong, huh? It sounds backwards. Like it should be the opposite, but it's not. It's not. Okay? Okay, uh, Capital One, Hackers. What are some of the things that these hackers do with your information besides trying to, you know, steal money from you? Getting a job using your name, using a social security number, that's happened. Obtain medical services, including drugs. Hijack your cell phone number, receiving your calls and your texts. Or getting caught with a crime and using your name, social security number as as you, as pretending they're you and you get, you get the record. <laughs> that's happened. Interesting stuff, huh? Nah, yeah. Anyways, um, I'm Steve Peasley. That completes another Invest Talk show. Justin will be here on Monday. I'll be back Tuesday. And please tell your investor friends that I'll be returning to San Jose on August 29th. Back to San Jose. Then, of course, in September 19th to 20th, I'll be in New York. Register now at investtalk.com. Have a great weekend, everybody. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein, chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 